Hello and welcome to another episode of Breaking Mayberry's Backdoor Lovers, a show about two good old boys never meaning no harm, beating all you ever saw, been in trouble with the law since the day we was born. I'm one of your hosts, I'm Marty Schneider. I'm the other host, Dan Ludwig. Uh, and today we're talking about the fucking, we're talking about the Dukes of fucking Hazard, man. I, <laughs> it was only a matter of time before we talked about the Dukes of Hazard. It's really weird that we've, like, it's been brought up several times. It's been brought up several times throughout, and it has a lot of Andy Griffith connections. James Best, who uh, plays Sheriff Roscoe P. Coltrane on this, was the handsome guitar player in uh, the early episode of The Andy Griffith Show. Uh, the tr- the thumbnail for the next episode features Otis. Yeah. I saw. Uh, but yeah, a lot, there's a lot of connections and a lot of, like, fandom, a lot, a lot of shared fandom and everything. It is, it's sort of answers the question of what if the Andy Griffith show was embarrassingly horny? Like just, just and- absolutely sloppy fall over horny. Like like Tex Avery cartoon wolf whistle. So yeah, this is this is our first venture into the Dukes of Hazard and probably our last one. Hopefully. This is also uh the first episode that I've recorded wearing a jock strap and icing my nuts. Oh, holy shit, you're strapped up right now? I'm strapped up right now, and let me tell you something, man. The first time this strap was on, I was not aware of it. It's very weird to go uh, to sleep and then wake up wearing a jock strap. Yeah. Let's let's go ahead and, and explain a little bit, folks. Uh, I, listen, got, folks, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. We're going to spend the first portion of this uh, talking about my balls. Yeah, uh, unavoidable. Because your boy... There's the man I was before this episode and the man I am now, and there's a vast deference between the <laughs> two of them. Off. Uh I got a million of them. I got a million of them. I got, I got a vasectomy, folks. Christmas came early. Yeah, yeah, I got a scalpel up in that stocking. Go ahead, man. Go ahead. I know you got a, I know you got questions. All Ask. right. I I think right now I just have the one which is um and, and I don't want to get too personal, but how much bigger are your balls than their normal size is it like one and a half is it i'm three? i'm glad i'm glad you're you're at you asked me this this dan uh and the answer is not that much bigger like like they're they're certainly like swollen at this moment but it's enough that you forget dan you, you know how right like you have a sense of how big your balls are yeah uh and you know how to do things naturally like get out of a chair mm-hmm. uh, or walk upstairs or you know how to spread your legs apart so you don't mr belvedere yourself i was about to say yeah are you yeah. at like defcon 9 about mr belvedereing yourself right now is it a constant concern it's it's not as bad as you would think and that's that's kind of the message i want to send here to any listeners who might be considering this it's not as bad as you might think uh Mine, my particular case was a little worse. Most of the time this can be done, most of the time this can be done in a outpatient situation, be done like right in the doctor's office. For reasons that I'll explain in a minute, mine had to be done, like I actually had to go and be like knocked out in a hospital and things. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm going to explain that. 
I do want to you know, pre- preface this by saying, listen, we're going to spend a good time portion of this episode talking about my balls, and then we're going to spend some time talking about the Dukes of Hazard. And listeners, I swear to God, by the time we're like halfway through the Dukes of Hazard, you'll be like, go back to the testicles. <laughs> go back to the ball talk. Yeah. But no, it, it, actually, it actually hasn't been that bad. You know, I'm not taking anything uh, worse than like extra strengths, uh, Tylenol and ibuprofen and stuff. So it hasn't been that bad. Uh, the recovery, but yeah, I do, like, it's just swollen up that I, like, have problems. I think I'm fine, and then I get up off a couch, and I try to, like, put my legs down normally, and I go, oh, oh, okay. It is tender. It is yeah. tender. Uh, do they do they do it with a laser? Is it one of those where they did, like, they fired a no. laser through your testicles? No, I did, I did not get oh. laser balled. Oh. Uh, I'm not allowed to have sex. I can't masturbate mm-hmm. or anything for at least seven days uh, basically for fear of ripping the stitches, oh, uh, which which thus far has been not a problem because the idea of, like, anything being, like, touching down there, uh, especially, like, in a repetitive motion, uh, it fills me with dread and I, makes me want to lie down and cry. I uh, do, unfortunately, know this about you, that you masturbating is practically an aerobic exercise. Um, it's a very involved activity. <laughs> I, I have to do stretching and everything before it. But yeah, it, 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 is, it hasn't really been that bad. Uh, but I do want to, like, back up and tell the story of how I got to this. Like, mm. why this happened. Because I had some weird times coming up mm. to this. You know, you go in uh, for a... You go in for a, con- a consultation on this. On the normal things. And uh, you kind of lay down and you get poked and prodded at and things. And they kind of grope and examine. Uh, and the doctor, like, felt one of my testicles. I was like, okay. And they felt the other one and kind of like looking for the tube that they were going to cut. And then I yelled, ah! And then they said, well, that's interesting. Ooh. Which is not something you want to hear mm-hmm. uh, at any point. And they said, okay, uh, listen, we it's a little harder for us to find your tube because something's up with one of your boys. So you got to go get ultrasounded. Mm-hmm. So I did. I got ultrasounded. In a place that you don't want to be ultrasounded. Having a very weird day. Mm-hmm. Uh, ultrasound technician. A man in his mid-50s wearing way too much Axe body spray. Uh, which for a man in his 50s is any amount yeah. of Axe body spray. Yeah. Did not appreciate it when I leaned over and said, Doc, give it to me straight. Is it a boy or a girl? Wasn't a fan of that? That wasn't. I thought that shit was fucking hilarious. Like, oh, well, he gets that, like, three times a day. How many times do you think he has to ultrasound nuts? Constantly! <laughs> That's his job! That's literally his only job! It's to ultrasound things. A solid portion of them are going to be testicles. Anything else is x-ray. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. So, if so- you have to bring your absolute A-game to the ball uh, ultrasounding guy, you need to be on point with what you come into that office with. Well, I'm sorry that I wasn't on my A game because I was trying to figure out whether or not I had ball cancer, my dude. Right, yeah. Like, and so they they sent me home feeling pretty weird about the whole thing. So they sent me home and the next day they call me. They call me back and they say, hey, we need to ultrasound you again. There's mm-hmm. something else we need to look at. And that's sort of a drop everything and go kind yeah. of situation, right? Like, when that happens, you are gone. Told my boss, I'm not coming in this afternoon. I came down, they ultrasounded again a little higher. They found what they were looking for. It was a small hernia, which is not bothering me. And someday I'll have, I might have to get fixed in the future. But apparently I've had it for years and haven't noticed. 
That's fine. Because all I heard at this point was, da 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 ba ba not ball cancer. Yeah. And the ultrasound technician leaves, and he comes back with an envelope in his hand. And he hands me the envelope, and I kind of go, wait, what, what is this? What is this you're giving me? And he goes, oh, this is just something, you know, we, you, we took you out here again. You weren't planning on this, blah, blah. And I'm not really grasping anything, because all I've heard is not ball cancer. So I'm there, I'm, I'm, t- I'm cleaning ultrasound goop off my balls. Uh, I get done, I get dressed, I'm having a very weird time. And I go to the elevator, and I open up the envelope that was given to me, this plain white envelope. And there is a crisp, brand new $20 bill. <laughs> Inside? And then I felt, I didn't feel weird about this whole situation until that moment, right? The whole moment I've been taking this was pretty much in stride. I'm like, okay, yes, this is a doctor. This is, you know, very, you know, I know that this is just stuff that they... The $20 bill Mm -hmm. threw me for a loop. Recontextualizes the whole thing a little bit. I felt weird and cheap. You were providing (laughs) goods and services and receiving money in exchange. And I feel like it's it's only because it was my balls. Like, if I was getting an EKG or whatever, they would not have covered my copay. Mm -hmm. It It was only because it was the balls. Yeah. Uh, did you save so anyway, the 20? Are you, did you keep it as like your didn't have cancer 20? Just, just framed it yeah. like, uh, like, like the first dollar bill of your, of your business. No, I did not do that. I think I spent it on, uh, lunch. Got it. I think I got pizza. <laughs> the most delicious pizza lunch you'll ever eat. But because of the hernia, they did have to like, they were like, it's going to be easier on everybody if we just knock you out. Yeah. So I I did have to go to the hospital and get knocked out. For most people, it doesn't. It's not like that at all. It's like a forty five minute doctor's procedure. They don't even give you like anesthetic for it. Uh, no, I mean they give you local anesthesia. They don't knock you out. Yeah. Anyway, I guess my point is, if you're a uh, if you're a sperm bearer and you are considering this, it's not that big a deal. It's not mm-hmm. that bad. Uh, recovery hasn't been so bad so far. But yeah, I did wake up wearing a jock strap, uh, and this is not a sexy jock strap like. Nobody was thinking it was a sexy drop jo- jockstrap, Marty. I just want to be clear. I'm, it's a, it's a, this this is a, a medical like tool. I'm not like going to the bike stop and rubbing up on a leather daddy and being like, "Hey there, sailor!" In this thing, no. <laughs> I also did want to mention, uh, like the the whole like week without doing anything isn't. It's not as that bad comparatively. I spoke to a friend of mine who's a woman who had her uh, her tubes tied. And apparently if you're, if you have your tubes tied, you can't have sex or masturbate for like a full on three weeks, almost a month. Jesus. So comparatively, you could say I got off easy. (laughs) (laughs) Huh? Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Got off easy? Huh? That one got me. (laughs) Hey, Oh. Well, I'm glad you're shooting blanks, bud. We were all really worried about that. We, everyone was really <laughs> worried that I might reproduce. Yeah. Like, we've been getting together and be like, God, I really hope he gets that thing snipped soon. Bunch of little bearded weirdos running around. Unacceptable. It's time to stop talking about balls and start talking about dukes. Dukes. A different pair of nutsacks. The dukes a hazard. If you've never heard of it or seen it or anything of it, um, Dukes of Hazard was a television show that aired uh, from 1979 to 1986, I think. It aired for way too damn long. Yeah. Uh, it, 
And it was kind of the epitome of uh, that 1970s and 80s like obsession with the idea of rednecks, but nothing actually redneck about it. It's about two cousins, Bo and Luke Duke, who are moonshiners in Hazard County, Georgia. And they kind of like are always in trouble with the law, and the law is represented by Sheriff Roscoe T. Coltrane and his commissioner, who is this corrupt like Looney Tunes, Yosemite Sam character of a man named Boss Hogg. Like I mentioned before, uh, Roscoe P. Coltrane is played by James Best, uh, who was on uh, the Andy Griffith Show early on as the guitar player. Uh, yeah, ran from sorry, ran from 1979 to 1985, so 147 episodes spanning seven seasons. At one point in time, was the top-rated television show. Uh, one point ranked only to Dallas, uh, and it's about. Car crashes, essentially, like just the the whole the whole the whole show was just an excuse to do stunt work and car crashes, and it was a, must have been a crazy expensive show to produce. Uh, and it was about two cousins who run around breaking the law with uh, a giant racist car. It's a 1969 Dodge Charger that's bright orange and has named the General Lee and has a Confederate flag on the top. It's a sweet fucking car. It, Later on, it was made it, rad as hell. It's rad as hell, but also super racist. Uh, and they, they, later on, they made a movie of it with Johnny Knoxville and Sean William Scott. Yeah. I think. Yeah. And I remember seeing that movie as a kid and liking it. I um, went out of my way to see it because the ads made it look like there was going to be a lot more boobs in it. And I was yeah. very excited about that. Um, but yeah, so you could really replace this show from what I've seen with, um, just, stock footage of car crashes and still pictures looking down women's tube tops uh it there everything they're saying to each other in between that is just them going like why are we not in a car driving really fast right now is there a woman that can bend over it's just a powerfully stupid show. I was before this. I was wondering why have we never mentioned talked covered the Dukes of Hazard before? And it's because there's nothing to fucking say. It's yeah. just a, it's just a wildly stupid show that was extremely successful. And I like stupid stuff. I love stupid stuff. Uh, I just mentioned Johnny Knoxville. I am a fan of the Knox Man. Yeah. Uh, and you don't get dumber than that. But I don't know, man. The Dukes of Hazard. Something about it just bounced off me. Uh, partly because, like, there's, there's just nothing to it, uh, and it's, it's, recently, recently I was listening to a podcast called 60 Songs That Explained the 90s, mm -hmm. uh, and they talked about Vanilla Ice's Ice Ice Baby, and they described Vanilla Ice as this dumb, corny motherfucker who has no idea, has never even thought that maybe he's not the coolest person in the room. Yeah. And that is the energy that the Dukes of Hazard has. It is that, it is stupid as shit, but it seems to not be aware of how stupid it is. It seems to, like, run out and scream, look how cool this is! And if and if you weren't aware of cool things happening, or hot women being on the screen, don't worry, because Merle Haggard, outlaw country singer Merle Haggard, is the narrator, and he'll pause, he will literally hit pause on the screen to say, isn't that a cool thing? <laughs> don't, don't you want to fuck that lady? Like... <laughs> Check out Thanks, that. Thanks, Merle. Literally, he at one point just interjects and be like, check out that sweet butt. That's a pretty good butt, right? We're all having a good time. All right, goodbye. Like, Thanks, Merle. <laughs> Thanks, man. Just like basically saying like, hey, 
that thing you're thinking about right now? I agree. That was a pretty cool car crash. All right. We're in this together. Goodbye, bud. <laughs> I'll check back in with you later. Honestly, hey, put that way, I kind of love it. It's kind of my favorite feature of the entire show. <laughs> hey, man, you horny? I'm horny, too. We're horny together. You you and Merle Haggard. We're both horny right now. All right. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. That's it. Uh, if, if you're unfamiliar with the show, yes, it is narrated by Merle Haggard. Every show opens with a uh, a song by Merle, the same song, Good Old Boys Never Mean No Harm. And uh, Merle Haggard introduces you to the basic premise of the show, tells you what you're about to watch, and then just interjects. Which is, I kind of like it. It kind of gives the, the Dukes, like, this whole folk hero idea. Like, none of this is real. It's just, like, being told to you from this, like, balladeer. That's li- literally what they call him. The balladeer is just telling you the story of Bo and Luke. So it can be as exaggerated and as dumb as possible. Maybe if you look at it that way, it's it's passable. But not for seven goddamn seasons. Anyway, today we are not talking... We're talking about a Dukes of Hazard episode. But remember, this is Backdoor Lovers. Backdoor Lovers is a miniseries where Dan and I watch failed attempts to create other shows, to create spinoff shows. Mm-hmm. So this episode of Dukes of Hazard is entitled Mason Dixon's Girls. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, and I'm just going to read the IMDb uh, like summary of this episode. Bo and Luke are arrested when they mistakenly pick up a crate containing a marijuana shipment. Private Detective... <sighs> Private Detective Mason Dixon and his two beautiful female associates are convinced the Duke boys are innocent and they work together to bring down a drug smuggling operation. So, yeah, Marty, that's what I this forgot. was. This what are the names of the beautiful two female associates? One is named Tinkerbell. <laughs> yeah, their names are Tinker and Sam. Yeah. And, I don't know, boobs and legs? Yeah. Like, liter- literally, the IMDb, like, featured user review is, Legs, 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 and a double barrel shot of denim rears enough to make Brooke Shields weep. Yep. Alright, so it's, it, I mean, I'm, as far as, fuck, their names are not tinkerings, their names are tits and ass, okay? <laughs> tits and ass detectives at law. Um. I, it's so crazy that we went from, like, the Andy Griffith show, which is like, oh my... Va va voom, that lady's calves. To uh, recently, Charlie's Angels, where it's like, oh man, aren't you super horny about uh, this woman's shoulders? And now we're just like, like, welcome to the Dukes of Hazard. The camera is giving this woman a colonoscopy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what? What? Let, let, let's keep on with that that Charlie's Angels theme because this is very thematically similar to Tony's Boys. Tony's Boys. But not nearly, I'm going to be honest, not as fun or interesting as Tony's Boys was. Uh, no. What What's a dumber show? Charlie's Angels or Dukes of Hazard? Dukes of Hazard. Charlie's Dukes of Angels, Hazard, I think, is much dumber. Charlie's, like, Charlie's Angels, they have to solve mysteries. Dukes of Hazard, they're like, all right, a bad guy did some bad stuff. Well, let's go to the bad guy's house. And then they just do donuts in his lawn until everything <laughs> is solved. They're just like, it's like, wait... Like, all the characters are just at razor thin. It is, I've I've been hearing about this show forever, and I assumed that when we watched it, I'd be like, all right, 
Bo and Luke are guys I would want to chill with. And, uh, you know, Boss Hog, I'm sure I'll have fun laughing at that asshole. And, uh, you know, Uncle Roscoe, I'm assuming I'm going to get some sort of, like, grandfatherly affection towards him. And all of them just basically came in, yelled their deal, and then walked off camera. Bo and Luke are... I don't know who these... I Maybe I would like to hang out with them. I know nothing about them. They were just some guys. But in, in the 1980s, these were the coolest motherfucking guys on the planet, right? Yeah. If you, if you lived anywhere near or close to the Mason-Dixon line, these were the two coolest motherfuckers. They had the coolest car. They always got the hottest girls. Bo is sliding across the hood to get into the General Lee uh, and slide in. Uh, the, the, the Dukes of Hazzard is a show, I think I like the idea of it more than the execution. Yeah. Like, in, in theory, I should love this show. And we maybe we just watched a bad example, but I don't really feel like I need to go and watch any more of this. But this was an a- attempt to uh, really push um, Mason a, a show about Mason Dixon, Private Eye, uh, and his two hot associates. And when we're introduced to Mason Dixon, he is hanging out outside of his RV, <laughs> which has... His RV, which has his uh, motorcycle in the front, and let's see if the ultra let's see if the ultra souped up Hazard Wiki can tell me exactly what kind. Of, it's a Trans Am. It's yeah. a Trans Am. So he's got he's got a fucking Pontiac Trans Am with the Firebird on the front, and he's towing that behind his RV, and he's got his motorcycle in the in the front of the RV, and he has and a he's motorcycle got the two in the hot back. Women. He's got a he's motorcycle got... in the front, a motorcycle in the back, and he's towing an he's towing a Trans Am on a trailer. Like, and he's got the two like hot girls sunning themselves on top of his roof. And the idea apparently that they just they just live in a permanent like open threesome. Yes, I guess. it's so and... clearly established that these that it, they're in like a polyamory situation. So I mean. Basically, the idea was they were like, okay, so you know how Bo and Luke are cool? Well, what if we just took that to the fucking limit? What if we had a dude that was just nothing but fantasy? You thought we were doing fantasy before. Here we fucking go. What do you, Here, living out the the 40-year-old male fantasy of being homeless and having a bunch of threesomes all the time. It's pre-Jack Reacher. This is such a... <laughs> with four vehicles attached to each other like they're going to transform into an autobot it's it looks so fucking stupid because he's a private eye that needs to investigate things and then he rolls up to his cases in a fleet basically with his little armada i'm just gonna i'm gonna talk about the the weird sexiness of this show maybe maybe just the sense of sexiness look this, this show is full of, of beautiful women in short shorts, and that's kind of its whole appeal for a big generation, but they were very... Maybe it's just that standards have changed or whatever, but I watched this whole thing going, I'm, I'm, I'm really... This is not doing it for me, guys. You are you are actually being off-putting with how horny this, this well, TV show is being. Well, it's for the and, best, and may because I remind your you, junk is shut down. Yeah. God damn it, Dan! Yeah, that's where no. I was going. <laughs> and may I remind you, I'm not allowed to masturbate. <laughs> It is it is a godsend that this show did not move the needle for you. <laughs> That's what I'm saying though. If 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 I've ever been in a in a like 
low standards needle moving situation. This is it. I'm sorry. Did you think I was going to let you beat <laughs> let me? Do you think I was going to let you beat me to that uh, vasectomy masturbation no. joke? Not in your fucking life. No, nothing is letting me beat. That's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. No, it's like I can tell that the whole um, the whole mystique of Dukes of Hazard is like, let's hang out with these guys. And it's it's strongly implied they fuck like yeah, and yeah. you're like you're kind of watching be like yeah I'm living vicariously through these guys that fuck and then Mason Dixon is like let's remove all ambiguity about that situation we are practically watching them fuck like also is... do they do they do they fuck their cousin because there is there is another Duke there yeah. is Daisy Duke who is Bo Luke Coy and Vance who I guess are the guys that they added later when. Uh, Bo and Luke left the cousin, so so there there's a third cousin, I guess. So I mean that's that's not that weird. There can be multiple cousins, but this seems like it should have been one of their sisters. I don't know, M- Marty. It's I'm sorry, it's weird. You you asked that question, and a bunch of fanfiction.net tabs opened up on my computer spontaneously. It's almost like they're trying to fight their way into my browser. Hey, here's a fun little factoid from uh, Wikipedia. The pilot episode was supposed to include a barber modeled after Floyd Lawson on The Andy Griffith Show as a regular character, but he was eliminated when the final draft of the pilot script was written and before the show was cast. What if Floyd fucked? (laughs) There was was almost a horny Floyd on here. What if if Floyd, rather than being ambiguously horny all the time, just got it in? Alright, so this episode opens with... uh, Bo and Luke trying to do absolutely nothing wrong. They just went and got a new water heater because their water heater was out. And they're driving the water heater behind them. And Sheriff Roscoe P. Coltrane is like, oh, I'll get them Duke boys. Because he finds some bullshit way to to pull them over because they don't have anything red attached to their thing that they're like towing behind them. Like when when you have something sticking out of a vehicle, you're supposed to tie a red flag to it. Okay, cool. Basic ass law. Uh, Roscoe pulls him over. Oh, you dukes! I got you now! Wahahaha! Mm-hmm. And they're like, alright, fine. We'll tie a fucking thing to it. Jesus Christ, Roscoe. Uh, and I don't even know how this happens, but as they're looking at the water heater, they pull out a bag of... <laughs> they pull out a bag of marijuana <laughs> from the... Uh... They pull out a bag of alfalfa sprouts. <laughs> it's parsley. They... It's fucking... It doesn't look anything like weed it looks like, like literal anything. grass it looks like actual grass it, like I, honestly at that point like the best move should have just been like oh hey horse come here boy yeah it's just whistle for a horse and give him a, ha- a healthy snack <laughs> yeah oh there are our lawn clippings that we were transporting prove otherwise it does it looks nothing like fucking marijuana yeah uh but there's just bags and bags of it and so there they are, like, oh shit, the sheriff has, like, us with bags of marijuana that he's freaking out about and calling marijuana! And I apparently the rules here in Hazard County are, if you can pull the hat over the sheriff's head, you're no longer in trouble. <laughs> they basically like, tabletop him. Like, it, apparently the rules are, like, if you can knock the sheriff over and have him waddle around like on his back like a turtle, you're good. Yeah, there are, there are no consequences for punching the sheriff in Hazard County. They practically play keep away with his gun. It's really funny how we do this after the Andy Griffith show, and we mentioned the Andy Griffith show plays by crime rules. 
You yeah. know, the criminals always have to wear a certain outfit or whatever. It's like Dukes of Hazard has that same idea, but the rules are slanted towards the criminal. Yeah. No, and it, it's it's just, it's super silly. <laughs> it is it is the one virtue of this uh of this show that they are like fuck cops. Um but not in like the way of like all cops are bastard. They're like all cops are babies. All cops are are, are, <laughs> are little babies. All cops are will babies, and you can just like play, you can just knock them over, and they can't do anything about it. Um, which is like I think it's it's sort of the other spectrum of like whenever somebody's like police are doing brutality, you'd be like, have you tried just like pulling their arms behind them back and punching them repeatedly in the stomach? You're clearly allowed to do it. It reminded me of, I had to go back and watch it, uh, there's a comedian called Trey Crowder, have you ever heard of him? He goes by the liberal redneck. Uh, Trey Crowder's whole thing is that he's from Georgia and he is a far leftist, uh, and he speaks to rednecks about political things from a leftist perspective, uh, and he had a whole thing during Black Lives Matter, uh, where he kind of asked, rednecks, when did we start liking the cops? Yeah. Traditionally, rednecks and cops have not gotten along very well, uh... And he mentions, and I watched the video, he says, the most popular redneck television show of all time is about two cousin fuckers getting one over the law all the time. Rednecks, help me out here. When did we start liking cops? I must have missed the memo on that one, boys. Yeah, for those of you who don't know, rednecks and the police are natural enemies and pretty much always have been. You ever seen the show, Cops? About every other episode takes place in the damn trailer park. And if that ain't enough for you, the single most popular redneck TV show of all time is literally just about two cousin fucking good old boys running from the law in a sweet-ass orange car. You ever see Smokey and the Bandit? The hero ain't fucking Smokey. It's sort of a whole thing with us. I've been surrounded by rednecks my whole life. I have never once seen them react positively to a sudden police presence. You ever watch Smokey and the Bandit? The hero ain't Smokey is a great line. And it made me think about that in in the terms of, like, how we talk about the Andy Griffith show. Like, people who are fans of this have no idea what the fuck the law or crime is or about anything. Because they still seem to think that, yeah, your, you know, police brutality and uh, corruption is fine. It's funny there. It's totally cool that uh, cops are made entirely out of Bugs Bunny villains. Yeah. Because, you know... If you can say duck season, wabbit season at them and run away, you're fine. Yeah. If you got shot, it was your own fault. <laughs> you, you, you didn't pull out, you didn't pull out your anvil and mallet fast enough. Oh, I'm sorry. Did the cop arrest you? Did you try giving him a particularly confusing riddle? That would have saved you like three hours. I, I'm honestly surprised that at no point in time... Uh, Bo and Luke like disappear behind a tree and come out dressed as women <laughs> <laughs> and wave their parasol in front of someone and say, Yoo-hoo, <laughs> Mr. Kappa, Mr. Coltrane. Uh, I, uh, the, the, the slapstick on here doesn't work for me. I think, I think any, t- we've described a lot of things as live action Looney Tunes. Uh, this, this is particularly live action Looney Tunes, right? Like every temper tantrum that, that Boss Hog throws even has like a, Whoop, there are like cartoon sound effects in it, and that that I think is what what turned me off. You know what it it is is like in a different context. You and me would be so all about like two guys who do Looney Tune antics on cops. Um, but the weird thing is, is like they're doing Looney Tune shit on the police, but they're not like we're a couple of rascals having a good time. They're like this is serious business. 
We're two yeah. serious guys doing serious missions, and this is all really cool tough guy stuff. Quick, bend over behind him so I can push him over. Let's go. Do yeah, this, it, do this it, cool it, badass maneuver. It has a very, like, tough guy, like, Spike TV. Remember Spike TV was a channel? I think Spike TV aired the Dukes of Hazard, And yeah. I think it, it, like, promoted, like, tough action guys doing tough action things. And it's not. You're basically giving these guys a fucking noogie. Yeah. Like, that's kind of the thing is, like, the boss hog is just a fucking Elmer Fudd motherfucker that they fuck with endlessly. But they all act like, oh, boss hog. They act like he's Darth Vader, which kind of ruins it because they're like, boss hog, the ultimate evil has arrived. Prepare yourselves. Whoop, 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 whoop. <laughs> So, how do they even get fucking Mason Dixon in here? So the boys drive away. They uh, with the weed in their car. Uh, so now, now they are now they are actively trafficking it. They hide it up at their friend Cooter's farm, and their friend Cooter's just like, "Yeah, sure, like put these illegal substances in my in my hay, whatever." Put it next to the cocaine. I definitely have. Uh, and then they. Then somebody calls the Mason Dixon team. I think it's like governor or some shit. Yeah, I think I think like they call Atlanta. The the cops call Atlanta, Georgia, to figure out who's selling the Dukes the weed. Uh, And Atlanta police are like, we don't fucking know, man. The Atlanta police, Atlanta police call Mason Dixon and tell him to get to work. So Mason Dixon and his girls they drive down. I'm sorry, this character's name is Mason Dixon. His name is. Mason Dixon. Do you think his parents were like, thought that they were so fucking cute in the hospital? They were like, well, our last names are the Dixons. Let's name him Mason. And some nurse was just like, oh, God. Another one. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, no. And he's. But it was was definitely a white nurse because the Dixons did not let the black nurse handle their baby. Oh, no, Uh, 100%. (laughs) Um, anyway, the, let's talk about Mason Dixon. Uh, Marty, is Mason Dixon cool? No! <laughs> <laughs> He's the corniest prick ever. And not only is... Remember, this episode is called Mason Dixon's Girls. And that should be clear because Mason Dixon doesn't do Mason Dick at all in this entire episode. <laughs> he just, like, hangs out. <laughs> He's like, he's like if in Charlie's Angels, if Charlie was there drinking a Dr. Pepper in the background the whole time. He does, he does punch two guys. He does punch two guys after the girls bend over and shake their asses and distract the guys so that he can punch them. And this is after he's already fucked up tying these same two guys up. And they're like, like, these are, these are the easiest knots to untie. Mason, you suck shit. And they yeah. make fun of him. They make fun of him for not being able to tie a knot. And then the girls are like, look at our butts. And then he punches them. And that's like their go-to move. Imagine they do that twice. Sh- they do look at our butts, punch you <laughs> twice to the same guys. They, they do that to them once. He punches them. They tie them up. The guys get untied or like, all right, this time we're killing you. And then they're like, oh no, my butt again. <laughs> it's injured. <laughs> oh, I guess I gotta bend over. And then they're like, whoa. And then he punches them again. <laughs> like, it's so shitty. They don't even, like, pretend to do a different thing. So, uh, two drug dealers drive up to the Duke's home. 
looking for their crate of weed. Yeah. And they're like, hey, you guys have a crate. And Uncle Jesse, the old man, is like, we don't have any crate. Because at that point, he doesn't think they have any crate. Yeah. Uh, And meanwhile, Mason Dixon and the crew are watching uh, this whole thing go down. Bo and Luke are still hiding their fucking weed uh, at, at Cooter's place. The old men, the drug dealers are about to go just fucking shoot Uncle Jesse in the head. Yeah. Uh, when they notice Mason Dixon and the girls uh, across the way and like, okay, we're being watched. Let's get the hell out of here. The Dukes call their Uncle Jesse and say, Uncle Jesse, we're in trouble. There is some marijuana. We, we, we've been found with marijuana. And, like, this show is just so anti-marijuana. Like, oh, no, marijuana! Not marijuana! Oh, Please, You low-down scoundrels, ah, the marijuana! Ah, Anything da, da, da. but marijuana! We run a legal moonshine! <laughs> we, and, we, but, we traffic in alcohol that can cause blindness, but not marijuana! So two things happen on this phone call. Number one, number one, is that the girls... Mason Dixon's girls, tits and ass, are up in a fucking telephone boat bowl. As linemen, just, they've tapped the line because they have plugged headphones into the fucking uh, wire. That is happening. Meanwhile, they're on the fucking county party line. So, while they're saying, so the other person, the operator, who is, I guess, Boss Hogg's cousin, is also listening in. It's like, oh no, so she transferred it immediately to Boss Hogg. Which, holy shit, you you know that part in uh, Pulp Fiction where Eric Stoltz is like, don't ever talk about drug stuff on a a cell phone. Uh, Prank call, prank call, prank call. You know, the thing that you were really worried about in 1994? This is that, except everyone's ignoring it. Yeah. Eric Stoltz is just driving through, like, you morons! (laughs) Eric yeah. Stoltz is Kermit the Frog, I guess, according to that voice. That, and he kind of has Kermit the Frog energy in Pulp Fiction. Um, but that happens to them twice, where later twice. they're talking on the radio and they're like, all right, this is our plan. And the police are like, okay, thank you. We're on our way to arrest all of you, you pricks. <laughs> they're just like being like, all right, here where we're going to be with the marijuana at this time. So uh, what happened was they went to pick up their water heater. And there were two water heaters next to each other. And they accidentally picked up the one that is fake and full of drugs and is part of a uh, illegal plan to traffic weed using water heaters. Um, that's being, Made out of an old mine. Yeah, that's being done by Villain. Villain who yeah. was in jail and uh mason dixon put him away and then he got out and he started up his weed selling operation again so he's trying to get back his water heater that's full of quote millions of dollars worth of weed the duke boys have to clear their names and mason dixon is trying to catch the guy um so mason and mason dixon mason fucking dixon his girls and uh the duke's all meet up and uh first and there's, they... there's a big there's a big long argument like first the girls beat up the duke boys and then there's a long argument between all of the like nine characters in this scene and then every character gets in on this you got you got mason his girl sets three you got the duke boys you got jesse uh daisy and cooter are there and then just to round out the cast 
Waylon Jennings comes in. <laughs> oh boy, they sure are having an argument. Well, don't worry, folks. You don't need to hear us recap the whole show right now. Just know that while they're arguing, everybody's going to get it okay. All right, everybody's got their shit together. All right. The, good, the great we'll thing, see you later, folks. The great thing All is... nine characters show up for this. Uh, the great thing is... is um, uh, uh, he comes in and he's like, all right, now things look pretty bad, but don't worry. Uh, when Uncle Roscoe comes, oh, fight, no, that's not what his name is. What's the fucking Santa looking motherfucker's name? Uncle Jesse. When, yeah, when Uncle Jesse starts talking, everybody calms down because he's got what you call integrity. Meanwhile, on screen, no one is calming down. If anything, there are more <laughs> guns involved. He's waving around a shotgun. They're waving around guns. And then it only gets better when the cops show up and arrest everybody. <laughs> Which they just roll in and be like, thank you for telling us exactly where you were. Everybody's going to jail. Um... And uh, they arrest uh, the Dukes, Mason Dixon, and uh, and his girls. They're they're at the they're at the jail. They do a big dramatic thing that I think is supposed to be like a oh my god I can't believe this happened, where um, Uncle Jesse rolls in and he delivers a heartfelt plea to Boss Hog to not arrest his boys, and then Boss Hog is like, no fuck you, I'm arresting them anyway. Um, and I think it's supposed to be like, oh my god, he's showing weakness. Uncle Jesse, no! But, it's like, whatever. It, it doesn't work. It, it it doesn't matter, and also it doesn't work, because Boss Hog is like, ha ha ha, you called me boss, but guess what, motherfucker, I'm still arresting them! And then the the Duke boys get out of their handcuffs and beat, the, beat up these, like, cartoon character villains, and then run away anyway. They just beat the crap out of them! It's not even, they're like... <laughs> They're yeah. like, check it, I, don't worry, I've got a plan. And then they beat up all the cops and handcuff them together and leave. Like, it's not, it's not clever. They just beat the shit out of the cops. And then run. Yeah. And the cops are surprisingly cool with this, right? Like, they're like by the end of this, they're like, okay, you got us. They're basically like, the cops kind of are like high school nerds. Where they're just like, oh, come on, guys. Oh, no, my glasses. Like, they they don't seem to, they seem to forget that they have the authority to arrest people whenever they want. Which is weird, because this show, like, loves guns. Guns are everywhere. Everyone's shooting all the time. Yeah. Uh, Alright, so they, they go up to this mountain where uh, they it was a lot taller, but now it's been cut down by a mining operation, so it's an abandoned mine, and that's where the drugs are being stored, blah, 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 by the bad guys, uh, but now the bad guys are like, we need to get our weed and get out of here! Yeah. <sighs> the Dukes, okay. I don't know, they beat... No, this is, this is pretty fucking... This mountain assault is so fucking stupid that we should go through it beat by beat. So okay, all right. So first, first, the Duke boys beat up a couple of guys no, in work clothes. No, 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 no. Sorry. What happens is first stage of the assault. You park. They park an RV, car, and motorcycle combination. Sorry, and another car just in front of the mountain, and then they start looking at it through binoculars. And they're like, how are we going to get in there? It's a, it's a fortress up front. There's guys with machine guns. And you can't climb up the side of the mountain because it's steep. 
Um, and then two guards are like, hey, um, we see you because you just parked directly in front of us with several vehicles. So come with us so we can murder you. And that's when the um, the butts trick is done. Um, they- oh, we forgot to say how they even know it came from the mountain in the first place. Oh, the way that the way the way that they knew that it was in the mountain is because during one of the car chases, a car chase between the Pontiac Trans Am driven by the by tits and ass, uh, and uh, the drug dealers, uh, the drug dealers lost a hubcap and it nearly ruined the Trans Am or something. So they take that and using the mobile crime lab in the back of Mason Dixon's RV, the they analyze the RV. dirt. <laughs> they analyze the dirt. And realized that it came, like, it had a particular mixture of chemicals that could have only come from the mine that was Razorback Mountain. Because apparently these guys are also fucking geology PhDs. <laughs> uh, it's so dumb. So that's how they know to get to the mountain in the first place. Okay, keep going, folks. <laughs> um, so uh, they, do the, they do the butts trick, knock out the guards, um, tie them up shittily. Um, and then Bo and Luke put on their uniforms, walk straight into the base, and then just are in the base for an in an undetermined plan. Um, yeah, so they've gotten that far, and, uh, and it would work if if Mason Dixon knew how to tie a fucking knot. Yeah, he he sucks shit so bad. He is good at nothing. Um, the guards get loose immediately, just like radio to base. The the call sign they use is Spider-Man to Cobweb. Spider-Man to Cobweb. Yes. You got some flies in the nest. Um I just like that when they guards were picking names, that guy was like, Dibs on Spider-Man! <laughs> <laughs> yes! Got, got it. it. Yeah, alright. <laughs> like every job he when they're picking call signs, he's just like, Dibs on Spider-Man! Fuck, he got it first. <laughs> um, so, Spider-Man calls Cobweb Spider-Man calls Cobweb He just immediately captures the Dukes <laughs> And then They're like alright uh, They do the butt trick a second time Knock out the guards again <laughs> With this point have CTE the, At this uh, point you gotta kill those guys right Just like, kill them Jesus They're gonna get out again and shoot you <laughs> But they go like they basically say like all right well we have no way in. Um they they said that only a mountain goat can make it up the side of that mountain, and then Mason Dixon goes like, Well, girls, make like mountain goats. Well and I'm he done. Slaps, he slaps both of their asses. Slaps yeah. them both on the ass and goes, Get to goatin'. And they do. They climb up the fucking mountain with uh with shorts and hiking boots and like climbing gear, and then Merle Haggard stops the scene. He's just like, yep, them sure are some good butts. All right, bye. God, even kidding. Merle Haggard literally stops the show to say, like, we're all looking at their butts, right? That's pretty cool. <laughs> just us all hanging out, looking at butts. Pretty great. All right. So I'm they a, get to the I'm a little top. hard. I'm Merle Haggard. Goodbye. <laughs> He says this in the same like he says in the same tone of voice as like Tom Podette in the old Motel Six commercials. 
I'm Tom Bodette, and we'll leave a heart on for you. Like, no, no, it's like he, he his delivery is like he's reading a children's story about a playful bear that learns the meaning of friendship. <laughs> so it's like he, it's like he's reading a bedtime story, but it's like, and then there were butts. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's his delivery is so Disney movie. It's great. Uh, so 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 the Dukes are tied up, and they're like, "Whoa, boy, this is a shame." And then the girls kind of peek into their like jail cell and are like, "Ha ha, you boys got yourselves caught. Well, we're gonna have to rescue you." And then the bad guy is like, "Ha ha, got you now." So the girls immediately immediately (laughs) get caught. It's so stupid. Yeah, they're. Because they probably don't take a, a time to gloat in the bad guy's base. When I kind of emphasize this enough, the bad guy's base is one building that there is. And there are only two parts of it outside and inside. So, like, if there's nobody inside the base, they're outside the goddamn base. Like, the bad guy basically had not moved. He just stood in the same place. And two girls came up and was like, ha ha, we're going to rescue you. And he was like, oh, well, this was easy. Cool. Uh... And then he ties them up and is like, I'm going to murder you so hard. Um, meanwhile, is Mason Dixon doing anything at this point? I, how do they get out of this one? I don't even remember. Oh, is no, it just I another shitty what, I remember knot? what Mason Dixon's contribution is. Um, while this is happening, he's calling the police and giving them their location in anticipation that the police will help somehow. It's basically flying in the face of everything that has happened up until this point. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Merle Haggard says, like, Mason figured they could use some backups. So he put in a, an anonymous call to the police. And he's, like, disguising his voice by holding a handkerchief over it. Like, it which makes everything worse. Does not work or help for even a fucking second. Um, so the girls get captured. Um, the... Uh, the weed villains decide to leave without murdering them politely. Um, and, uh, so they, they skip into plan B, which is, uh, Mason Dixon chases them in the, uh, the Trans Am. Meanwhile, uh, to get down the mountain, Luke and, uh, Sam, 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 they're, they're basically like, all right, are we going to have to climb down? And they're like, don't worry, we have a plan that's much faster than walking down this mountain. And then they proceed to start building hang gliders. <laughs> Literally <laughs> removing poles and fitting them together. They put together hang gliders. <laughs> <laughs> they just build hang gliders. Like, they're fucking Lego masters. Uh, which, uh, not to not to overly question the realism of the show... But I can't imagine that building a hang glider takes any less time than 45 minutes on a good day. I imagine that's a... How how did the fucking hang gliders get up? They they brought them up in bags. Like, they... And they thought that it was their height, their climbing gear, but it wasn't. It was actually bags with hang gliders. Yeah, man, look. I'm I'm looking right now at the ultra-horny, like, Dukes of Hazzard wiki, and I'm looking at the picture... Of the girls climbing the mountain. And I see no bags. Yeah. Uh, horrible plot hole. Um, well, whatever. I don't care. What? Who gives a shit? 
Uh, Luke just jumps off. He's like, "Ooh, I got a hang glider!" And he just like hops off. Do you, hey, do you remember that Sega Genesis game, Pac-Man Two: The Adventures of Pac-Man, where like you would point at things yeah. like a point-and-click adventure, but you had a little slingshot and you could shoot things. And at one point in time, Pac-Man like jumps on a hang glider, and you have to like guide him up and down using the sh- the slingshot. That was cool. Fun anyway, fact, back to the Dukes of Hazzard. That game is the only reason why I was friends with my friend Michael in uh in third grade. He had that game. I love playing that game. Didn't particularly like him as a person. Just wanted to go over his house. Please continue. <laughs> Eat shit, Michael. Yeah. All right. Uh, so anyway, so they, they fucking hang glide. And it's the funniest guy. The, the editing on this is so damn funny because hang gliding, especially hang gliding as it was portrayed in the 80s and 70s, is a very relaxing, chill activity. And so they... They have this, like, easy listening, like, believe it or not, kind of music yeah. playing in the background. And they and they do hard cuts from, like, the car chase action, which has, like, bluegrass music, very smooth. It, it rules. It rules. Like, so there's a car chase. Was... Hard cut. Wildly. Hard cut to B-roll of people who are definitely not John Schneider. Uh, like, just floating peacefully down a mountain on a... <laughs> I so goddamn funny. The best, the best line is like Sam is like, "You're pretty good at hang gliding for a new guy," and he's like, "A new guy? I used to do this in the Marines." Which, what are you talking about? What could you possibly be talking about? Why would you learn how to hang glide in the Marines? What possible combat encounter could they have been preparing you for? He was stationed in Boca Raton. <laughs> just, just, just like some army general drawing, like with crayon, just like just a guy with a with a hang glider and a gun, and just writing like pew pew next to it. Oh man, I wish I could get assigned to the jet ski unit. <laughs> Those guys are having a blast. <laughs> oh god, that would make more sense for the fucking marines. Yeah, it's true. Like they're they water-based combat. They, I think, I think basically they think it's just like, welcome to the Marines. We're gonna teach you to do all the rad shit. <laughs> Rollerblading. We got a day on that. We're gonna make you the best goddamn rollerbladers in the entire country for freedom. Oh, you better clear out. You get shipped off to basic training at Fort Sandals Resort. <laughs> So, <laughs> welcome to the Jacksonville Marine Academy. You're learning monster trucking today, motherfuckers. <laughs> By the way, they're holding C4 this entire time <laughs> that they're on on the hang gliders. <laughs> Should mention they're hang gliding with explosives <laughs> because they land on the truck, cut a hole in the tarp, and drop their bombs in the middle of the truck and like, cool, bye. Yeah. That's the plan. And then they blow up all the weed. They blow up all the evidence that they didn't do the crime. Sorry. At, at, at several points in this car chase, uh, the the cop cars land in the ditch, thus proving that the cops were absolutely useless. Yeah. Uh, the cops do both... nothing except attempt to arrest them 
They they don't even notice the criminals because why would they? They just seem like normal guys on a truck. But instead they're like, oh, those guys that beat the shit out of us 20 minutes ago? Yeah, let's arrest them. Both times, both times the cops wind up in the ditch. Daisy Duke, in her Jeep, pulls in and is like, hey, you guys need a ride? And uh, the cops are like, yeah, I guess we'll get in the car, like, accomplice of the people we're trying to arrest. Person that just ran me off the road? Sure. But they're not like, all right, we're going to put aside our differences. They're like, oh, yeah, thanks. Cool. (laughs) Let's go. Ultimately, we're all on the same team here, yeah. right? We're all getting waffles after this, right? <laughs> so they blow up the weed. The, the cops arrest the cop dealers. There's a reward. The, the cop cops dealers. arrest the cop dealers. <laughs> the cops arrest the pot dealers. Uh, and there's like a reward or something. I don't know. Mason gets some of the reward money. Uh, the boys get some acclaim. The boys clear their name. The cops get some, like... Uh, notoriety out of the whole deal. It's fucking stupid. Uh, and then uh, after like make like making out with the Duke boys, uh, the girls get back in the RV and are like we gotta go to Dallas and have another sexy adventure. Yeah. And then they drive off. Remember, I'll I'll give it this right. We've seen we- a lot of we've seen a lot of backdoor pilots, and this is the one where our main characters are the most involved. Yeah. Right? A lot a lot of the episodes we've seen so far have just been like. The main characters kind of drive by like, hello, hi, this is still our show, but this is a cool thing that's going on here. No, this this is a Dukes of Hazard episode. The Dukes are, are heavily involved. The Dukes are more involved, I would say, than Mason himself. It's strongly implied that the Dukes fucked the Mason Dixon girls in the woods between takes. Like, it's it, I'd say they are the most involved they possibly could be. Um... And, and I want to point something out. I want to point something out about the popularity of the Dukes of Hazard. Can, at this I, point. can this I point there. something out before you point that out? At yeah. one point, Mason Dixon invites Daisy Duke to come away with him. And she's like, oh, I'm going to join a polycule. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And yeah. then uh, Uncle Jesse is like, no, you're not. I forbid it. Uh, monogamy is sacred. Um but yeah, yeah, go, go on to your. So, uh, so this is the second argument. season. Oh man, I, I forgot. Normally, normally I tell you what episode this is. Uh, this is season two, episode twenty-one. Uh, so we're most of the way through the second season. This show is so popular. Of course, it makes sense to try to do a backdoor pilot. This is the second one they did in a month. Yeah, did, like, there were two. There were two episodes, both in the month of February. Where they brought in a guest star to try to do a backdoor pilot. We didn't watch the other one because uh, Dan said, let's watch both of them. And I said, fuck you. Like, <laughs> I put the kibosh on the idea of watching two Dukes of Hazard episodes. But I, I feel like we watched the, the, the better of the two. They tried to do this twice in one month and they both failed. So there, there's two. I think we revealed that there's two kinds of backdoor pilots. There's the There's the supernatural one. Where the show is winding down, you're in like the seventh season, there's no way we're going to keep this going, let's put together a plan B. Like, let's let's do our spinoff now so that when this show is, ends, we have another one to just all jump onto. And then there's yeah. this one and the Golden Girls one, which is, alright, we got a hot hand right now, we need to spin off as many of these motherfuckers as we can. Uh... Like, like, let's keep, let's, let's get as many of these fuck, uh, fuckers out before these people realize that this is stupid. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think Charlie's Angels had the same idea. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about the idea of Mason Dixon's girls as a show. Like, clearly... So this didn't take off. I can't imagine why. Because, uh, I know, Pete, this seems like... Like, just... Just straight up America's alley, really. I mean, it's, it seems like there should have been a natural carryover from the Dukes of Hazard fandom, right? Yeah. Right? Because, like, instead instead of two guys and one girl, now we have two girls and one guy, right? So that's twice as many butts. Yeah. Like, like we're we're at we're at a full four cheeks, man. Like, yeah. I I just. You barely all even the see the dude. He's there to get all the credit and do all the cool punches. But you don't even really got to pay attention to him, man. So what What was the pitch here? Was it like Redneck Charlie's Angels? Was it like like Dukes of Hazard, but detectives? Dukes of Hazard. I don't I don't I don't know what the pitch was here. Would it's, you have greenlit this? Like, I feel like I not because I want to watch more of it, but because like if I'm the executive in charge of greenlighting things, I feel like this would be printing money. I you, feel like you get at least three seasons out of this, right? Okay, because here's here's one of the things. Duke's a hazard. You get to you're selling toys. You sell to yeah. General Lee. That's it. They they clearly had plans with this because they were like, all right, well now we're going to sell the RV, uh, uh, motor uh, dual motorcycles and Trans Am combo. Collect them all. Uh, that toy set is going to do like gangbusters. Um, and then, you know, the dads watch it for butts. Uh, like, it it seems like a slam dunk that would have made a billion fucking dollars. But um, in terms of what I greenlight it so I can watch it as an audience member, no, I have some self-respect. Absolutely uh, not. No, absolutely not. Never. Yeah. Um, can we... So, I think I... We got to sort of talk about the elephant in the room of this show, especially if we plan on never talking about the Dukes of Hazard ever again. Yeah. yeah. We got to talk about the General Lee. Um, cause I would say if we're, if to, to, to Andy Griffith it a little bit and talk about like the cultural impact of the show, Dukes of Hazard had a big old bad one because I'm pretty sure this show normalized the fuck out of the Confederate flag. You know, I don't even want to touch this, though, because I feel like a lot of people smarter than us have done it, including the 2005 uh, Dukes of Hazard movie, where uh, the show, if I remember this one very clearly, they don't have the thing po- painted on their, on their car at first. Yeah. They wreck the car, they go to Cooters, they go to Cooters to, uh, to like, give it repaired. They get in the car after it's been fixed. They drive to Atlanta... Yeah. And in Atlanta, uh, they have shit thrown at them, and they're booed, and they're in traffic, and people are just being pissed at them. And they're like, why is is this happening? And they get out, and they realize that Cooter has painted the flag on their car without them knowing, and they go, oh, no! No, no, you're being too charitable. Uh, Two things happen when they're, I remember, I cannot believe I remember this movie crystal clear. Um, They're in traffic, and a lady next to them goes like, you pieces of shit! Uh, you racist fucks and drives away and they're like, that was weird. And then a trucker goes like, hell yeah, brother, the South will rise again. That's right. That's right. And they're like, all right, what's up? And then they go, they go out of their car, look at it and go, huh, weird. And then go back into the car. They're not like, 
like, uh oh, they're just basically like, well, I'm neutral. I could not be more neutral on this. I have no strong <laughs> feelings either way. And then yeah, continue with the movie. Uh, so it is a big old neither approve nor disapprove. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. But, uh, yeah, and p- people have like talked about the generally to death, but just watching it, I was like, holy fuck, this is, this did it. This did a lot. Because it, I don't know, man. It just kind of clicked of how like clear of an endorsement of the Confederacy this show is. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know. It, it it does like it does like cartoonify everything. You know, it's yeah. it's it's this same idea of Andy Griffith where like nothing is that important, and if you are upset by it, then you're the idiot. Yeah. Right. If th- if this bothers you, then you're the dipshit because none of this matters. It, like, it, we're literally using cartoon character effects. It definitely... So they, they 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 kind of shield themselves in stupidity the same way that Barney Fife does. It 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 sort of it creates this mental divide for people where it's like, listen, I have a Confederate flag on my house. It's not because I have any opinions about black people. It's because I like the Dukes of Hazard. The Dukes of Hazard had a Confederate flag. They weren't racist. Ipso facto. I'm fine. Like, it definitely, it creates sort of that, like, that, uh, I don't want to say, like, that safe version of the Confederate flag that you can put on your shit. Um, yeah, it, 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 it's try it attempts to deny it of its power. It attempts yeah. to, like, like, strip it and make it meaningless. But it, 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 you it can't, pro- you can't do that. It proposes the Confederate flag as a completely politically meaningless thing. You could possibly have gotten away with that if you didn't name the car General Lee. Right. That's you could do one or the other, but you yeah. can't do both. Yeah. It's The car's name is General Lee. Yeah. Might as well name it the Jim Crow, for fuck's sake. <laughs> I'm sorry, right? Like... You, you, you can't hide behind that. Yeah. It, it's insane that they pulled that off. It is fucking crazy that they, one, got that on TV. And then it worked. Because people, like, it wasn't just, like, southern, like, redneck racists that fucking loved this show. People everywhere. Everyone loved this show. Yeah. Like I said, it was second only to Dallas. This was huge. People with very strong opinions about, like, uh, about racism and the Confederate flag were like, but that's fine. It's Duke's a hazard. They're cool, though. And it, it's, it sucks because it adds nothing. Yeah. It adds nothing to it. It's a cool car. It's a 69 Dodge Charger. You don't need to do anything. That's a cool fucking car. It, it doesn't make the car cooler. It's like, when we watch the Andy Griffith show, we kind of have, like, the... Uh, we kind of have the thing of like, well, none of these southern characters say the N word. Probably we can we can kind of like put that into our brain so that we can get through this. But you are watching the Dukes of Hazard, and there is a giant blinking neon sign that says they say it. Like, <laughs> just and, and, every... and to be clear, right? Again, again, this is this is ten years after the Civil Rights Movement. Yeah, you know, like. Andy Griffith at least has the defense of saying, like, we're happening during the 60s and we don't have a time or whatever. No, 
This is on the air well after the Civil Rights Movement. After after uh, LBJ has signed the Civil Rights Act, like we are well past the point where this should have been acceptable. And this, everything about this, just feels like like a response to that. Andy- everything about it just feels like like saying, "All right, well, just remember your place." Andy, the Andy Griffith show is like, whoopsie, we forgot to put any black people in our show. And then the Dukes of Hazard does, does jumps over in the background and goes like, we did it. It was intentional. <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. I probably won't ever watch the Dukes of Hazard again. It's, it's a powerfully stupid show. Uh, yeah. I, I, and it, it feels like it should be left, you know, the memory that it is. And it sucks because, like, again, everything about this should be cool. It should be cool that there is an openly fuck the police show about stunts and car crashes and butts. Like, yeah. That should be the best fucking shit ever. But it's not. And we should stop pretending that it is. Yeah. It, tell, I, I feel like Breaking I, Mayberry. Tell your grandpa to suck it. I could get all the enjoyment that I want out of this show by going on YouTube and searching dukes of hazard car crash compilation like yeah yeah just do i i'm sure that there is like four hours of video that's just like just the good part (laughs) all right so there's the dukes of hazard folks um i i don't know mason dixon sucks none of these people (laughs) went on to do stupid none of these people went on to do anything ever yeah um I'm assuming that neither of Mason Dixon's girls worked particularly much after this. One of them, one of them was already like Miss Dallas or like, she was like a Miss America contestant. And she went on to do a whole bunch of like one-off episodes of like the A-Team or whatever. She was just like hot girl in a bunch of times. Okay. Yeah. So this was her high point basically. Yeah. None of the people wanted to do anything. So... Yeah, I don't. I can't understand why this didn't get greenlit. It feels like it should have gotten something because the bar was so goddamn low. Uh, oh Jesus! All right, uh, we don't, we don't have a rating system for this. Uh, we already did the rating system of would you greenlight this? So that's I mean, I didn't it. Ask I, you, would you greenlight it? I have the same answer as you, basically. Like, yeah. no, I wouldn't. But it's hard to imagine that. Like, I can't imagine why somebody else didn't. So, as always, you can find us on the... Actually, I can't as always here. You can find us on the internet somewhere. I don't know. Twitter doesn't exist anymore, and like you can't post things out there. But we are still at Break Mayberry. Uh, I've started using Facebook a lot more, Breaking Mayberry. I don't know. We'll find stuff on Hive or whatever. I don't care. Email us, breakingmayberry at gmail.com. Give us money uh, at patreon.com slash breakingmayberry. Eight dollars a month gets you all of the Breaking Mayberry goodnesses. Uh, including the double ep- double length bonus episode we just put out of just like all the stuff that we couldn't find time to talk about throughout the year. Happy holidays, everybody. We'll be back in the new year. We are going back to, to Mayberry. We're going to take one more pit stop uh, to visit my sister in the world of Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman. Uh, and then we're heading right back into season five of, of the Andy Griffin Show. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and don't let the back door hit you on the way out.
love you for sure.